Welcome back to the Run Radio Podcast. My name's Trent, and my guest today in the writer's room is Melissa Bryan, also known as the Outlaw Psychic. Welcome. Hi, thank you. So you said just before we started, you've got a lot to share. So what are some of the things on your mind about this whole realm of things you've got going on in your book and in your world? Well, basically what it is, it's a correlation between um, my current lifetime and my past lifetime or lifetimes and um, the people that have pretty much surrounded me, the things I've experienced and how it all correlates together and goes from past or present to past and back to present again. Okay. And I try to teach others that are dealing with the same thing, basically how not to be afraid of it. Okay. What do you mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is there are some people that are going through like their own personal journey with spirit and not understanding why it's all happening. And I try to give some ideas from my own personal perspective and my own personal experiences. Okay, when did you first realize that you had this intuition? Is that the best way to describe it? Well, if that's what you want to call it, but um, <laughs> I call it more or less like ability with the unknown, the unseen, and those realms that, I guess, walk side by side with ours. Okay, and when did you first notice that um age three things started getting weird I saw my first well I guess if you want to say it ghost apparition whatever you want to call this thing and um it all went from there and things kept getting more and more and more and more until finally age 21 things are hopping and popping I'm going okay things are getting way weird here what the hell's going on you know, and so my ancestors sat me down from spirit, no less, and said, you're going to be a shaman. Uh, what? Uh, color me shock, color me surprise, color me, uh, okay, you want it, mm, balls in y'all's court. Yeah. Well, <laughs> age 48, here we are. So how did you deal with that? How did you... How did you realize that you weren't just losing your marbles and that real things to you were happening? Well, when I found my family history on paper, yes, when I found my family history on paper, that's when I realized there's more to this than just fantasy and all this stuff that people claim it is. No, this is real. <laughs> this is absolutely real. What did you find on that paper? Well, um, some elder shaman said, you will find this information in your records, in your family history. Go look it up. And I did. And sure enough, there it was exactly like they said it would be. And then I started researching more and it came out more and more and more and more until I'm like, okay, this cannot be denied. This is real. This is what it's supposed to be. So what'd you do with that? What did you do with the information? Um, I kept it. I kept hold of it. And um, it kind of bit me in the behind a little bit with people that just don't get it, as it were. 
And um, so I just kept hold of it. And finally, I said, you know what? I have to write a book about this because I know more than I should about all this stuff. And if I don't write it to memory now, I'm going to lose all this eventually. And, you know, I'm having some issues with my memory. And so I thought, well, I'm going to put all this in writing so that if I do end up losing my memory entirely, at least I have a record of it there that I can look back on this and go, oh, yeah, that's what happened. That's a little frightening to feel like you're not remembering things. Yeah. And so I finally wrote it all down. And you know what? It's been really therapeutic for me Uh to write it all down. And I have a few more things I have to add in. I'm going back to New Mexico in November. I have at least a week, maybe two worth of work to do to finally cement everything together that I need to do for this. And then once I do and I put it all in my book, I'm going to re-release it. And it is, I think, going to blow history. I hate to say it completely out of the water. What are some of the uh, responses you've had to your first copy? Um, That it wasn't well written enough. There wasn't enough information. It was too sketchy. It was too much of this or too little of that. And I finally said, okay, well... I'm going to expand this. And now that I'm expanding it, people are literally begging me for this book. What kind of support have you had along the way? A lot. Spirit has been amazing for me. They have been there for me. They've been wonderful. My rock, my my real foundation and support for all of it. And they have presented me not only with relatives and friends and family and everything that people I would need in my corner to be able to complete this work. And it has been an absolute godsend. Um, My most recent past life husband has shown back up in my life Mm -hmm. and he and I are closer than ever and very, very tight. And I adore him. I truly, truly, truly love him. And we're, gonna meet in New Mexico uh, I think this November and we're gonna get this work done and finished because uh, he was an old West outlaw back Mm -hmm. then and he was supposed to have been pardoned by the governor of New Mexico and he never received his pardon because he got framed for a bunch of stuff he did not do and I finally have the connections there that are going to help me get those final pieces in place so I can not only put it in the book but put the book in the hands of the governor of New Mexico who is there currently and it's like look we don't want nothing no money or no notoriety or nothing you know for this we just want you to read this with an open mind and if you feel it within your power to do so pardon him so he himself can move forward mm-hmm and I'm hoping, crossing my fingers, that this is it. This is the moment of truth. Okay. When you decided that you had everything down on paper, you put your thoughts into this book, how did you go about publishing? I self-publish. I don't rely on publishing houses, although okay. I would like more expensive than what I can afford. So, Okay. Are you planning to do that with your next release? 
Mm-hmm. Yes. I plan to self-publish. Yes. What would you say to the people that are debating whether to go the traditional route or go self? I would say go self because it's just much easier to be able to have the control that you need over your own copy. Yeah. Do you have a lot of beta readers that come through your work before you send it to print? No, I just send it to print and I let the chips fall where they may. (laughs) Do you think you'll do that with your next round? Oh, yes. I know I'll do it with my next round. Have some beta readers or just send it on? No, just send it on. Just send it on. Mm-hmm. What are some, what what advice would you say to other people trying to do research on a subject that they might not be familiar with or they might not have access to like you have, like things aren't written down? How can they get what they need so they can research properly and have a, a accurate book? produced go into records i'm going to say this clearly go into records because if you want a subject badly enough let the subject matter guide you mm-hmm. it did and it has guided me the whole way and i picked up so much information and so many records you know go to records houses go to lds family history centers go to libraries go to Um, online repositories go to um, ancestral records if you have to you know Mm -hmm. really get into the meat and potatoes of your work because if you don't your work's not going to show up did you have to do some of that in addition to what you had yes I did footwork I collected records I think by the time my collection is done it will be about Oh, I want to say about $5,500 of my own money to get it all done. Goodness. Goodness. Yeah. I have invested and invested and invested and invested. And I have a whole bin plus of records, 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 records. Did you ever just get overwhelmed with trying to comb through all of that? No, because I already knew what was true and what was false because I was there in that time too. Yeah. I am what is known as an incarn. In other words, someone who has come back from the past to tell the truth and the story of what really happened in that time so that I can move forward, my loved ones can move forward. It's not about forgetting what happened. It's about being able to live well in the present day. Mm-hmm. Because we were able to put the pieces in place and say, okay, now the f- full story is done. Mm-hmm. Do you do you have kids? Do they have the same? No, I don't have any children. Any other f- moment? No. Young family members that have the same gifts that you do? Mm-mm. No, I don't. What about older folks in your family? Do you have aunts, uncles that have shared I used some of this? To. I used to. My great aunt, God bless that woman. I miss her dearly. Uh, she died when I was 14. She and I were very close. And she shared some of the same similarities. And she's the one that turned me on to the family history and said, go look for these records. You're going to find them. We have a long and varied history of 
you know, horses and farming and ranching and outlaws and lawmen and all this stuff. And sure enough, yes, we do. Oh, my goodness. Yes, we do. I can drop name drop literally all day long from memory. Wow. Tell me a little bit about your comedy background. Actually, I don't have that much of a background in it. One of my friends okay. um, has a comedy series, one of my people, and I was a guest star or guest host or whatever you want to call it on his series at one point. I haven't heard back because I know he's been having a lot of health problems. And so I'm just waiting to find out. Oh, okay. So you don't even know if that's been released at all yet? Mm -mm. No, okay. no, I don't know. Okay. Okay. Um, so what's coming, what's next for you then? Well, once I get this book finished and I'm settled in New Mexico, I'm going to try to write a second book, a cooking book of recipes that have been in my family for a long, 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 long time. And a lot of generations and a lot of, you know, things that I have come across that I absolutely love and that basically I use on an everyday basis. Have you actually been involved in criminal cases? Yes, I have been involved in uh, several of them. I now have, I think, as far as missing persons, cold criminal, all that stuff, I think I now have about 18 or 19 cases under my belt. Really? Can you talk about those? Like what happened, what yeah. they came to you for? Of course. My most recent one was one out here in a uh, happy camp where a young man had gone missing in the river and they wanted help to find his body so that they could take the body out of the river and, you know, put him with his relatives, you know, where they have their resting places. And so I was contacted, I think, by his aunt. And I said, look, I think I know where he is. If you'll give me a chance, I'd like to help. No charge for this, of course, obviously, uh, by nature of the case that I was working on. And so I got his photo and I connected with his energy. And so I had my husband drive me to where the thought was that I felt that he went into the river. And I found that. I said, okay, here's where he went in. Here's what happened. And what happened was he got his boat out, you know, and he was going to go across the river to go bone hunting because that was his normal thing. And he did not know how to swim. So obviously he drowned in the river because what happened was the uh, tide was very erratic at that point. We'd had a lot of rain and the river was real high and all that. And um, his boat capsized, not more than maybe about... I'd say 10, 15 feet in and he went under, hit his head and boom, he was out of his body. And so his body traveled to about a hundred feet from where I had actually seen his energy standing literally over the top of where his body was. And when I saw the people that were waiting to find out where the body was, I looked up the river about a hundred feet up and I said, he's right over there. They're like, you know that? I says, I not only know that, I see him. Like I see you, I actually physically saw him. He was staring a hole through me. I'm like, okay, babe, we got you. We got you. We're going to come get you. And I told his family, look, this is where he's at. 
that's where you're going to find his body. Sure enough, next morning they did. Oh, wow. Exactly where I saw him. And um, they took me down river, oh, probably about a thousand feet. I said, he's not here. He's not here. No, Mm -hmm. he's not. Mm -hmm. He's exactly where I said he is. And that's where you're going to find him. Sure enough, not only did they find him, they took his body out of the river. He's now at rest. Oh, V. Interesting. And I also worked a couple of cases out of New Mexico. One was in Taos, New Mexico, Kit Carson co-op robbery. That one, I was actually living in that area when that case took place. And I missed all but three details. It came out in the newspaper about a year and a half later. And when my husband read the article to me, I mean, I sat back with my jaw on the floor. I mean, I was just like... You mean I was that accurate? Oh, <laughs> whoa, 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 wow. Um, so I you surprised I, yourself. <laughs> yeah, I actually did surprise myself. I'm like, wow. And there was another one, the uh, Holy Cross convent fire. And it was an old building, an old convent that you know they were considering renovating Mm -hmm. as like an office and retail space i went there to go look because i felt very warm very welcomed very loved and it was a very very family type feeling and i really really loved the energy there and i was looking at putting like a little shop in there you know and so when it burned to the ground, my husband called me one morning and said, Holy Cross Convent songs. I goes, what? No, you've got to be kidding me. That can't be real, you know? And uh, sure enough, yeah, not only was it real, but I went there to go say goodbye. And I was interviewed on a newscast for mm-hmm. that. And so what I saw, and I relayed this also to the security guard. And again, a year and a half later, it came out in the newspaper. there we go accurate again (laughs) and um what was so interesting is i saw an older nun maybe about my height um five one five two something like that and um she was dressed all in you know nun's habit and there was a young man standing beside her and i asked him were you killed here or did you die here and he nodded yes I said, were you murdered? He nodded, yes. I said, who did it? And so it was indicated to me, and I literally just wrote everything down, just all the details I could think of. And so I kind of kept this one under my hat a little bit more, but I did tell the security guards, I did tell police, and Of course, they never followed up with it until they found the guy's body in the basement. And all the details I had written down actually came out as accurate. Oh, goodness. Was that weird to you? No, not really. I've gotten used to it. Okay, but so at first, did it take you a while to realize that, you know, your perceptions were backed up where you like you said you had surprised yourself does it sometimes just take what's that feel like 
it's actually it's like a feeling of elation going yes i was right i was right i was right i was right and when when i talked to the local police chief sometime later and i told him what i had found out his jaw hit the floor he goes that was you i go uh yes not only was that me he goes wow we're gonna have to use your your skills i goes Please do, by all means, because this is my way of giving back to my community. I don't charge for this. Mm -hmm. You know, this is my way of giving back to my community. This is my way of giving back to, you know, where I live, where I reside. My way of protecting my home and my family and my friends and my people. And, you know, I mean, he was just flabbergasted that I was that accurate. I goes, yeah, I am. So when, when things, when, when you have a feeling about something, what's that like? Do you usually just kind of, kind of meditate on it and let things happen? Or do you act immediately? Or what is that whole feeling and process and and experience like? What it is like is when I get information, it's like downloads. It's like a tidal wave of downloads of information. And I have to give the entire message that I'm getting or I lose the entire message completely. Okay. So do you just have to stop what you're doing? Yes. I have to stop everything I'm doing and I have to go and write down everything I am encountering. Okay. I have to write everything down and then contact the appropriate authority and say, look, here's what I'm getting here's what the message is go after it and they have found me to be in the realm of about 90 percent interesting and i only say 90 percent because you know there's going to be that little bit where you know i either misjudge a cue from spirit or you know i get a wrong piece of information or maybe that information might come out later or you know, I'm human, so I'm going to, you know, either mishear or misjudge something along the way. It happens. Believe me, every medium does this. Every psychic does this. It just is the way it is. We're human, too. What's one and we're of the, not always going to get it 100%. What's one of the neatest things that happened that was mm-hmm. just happy and joyous that you were brought with that information and were able to share? I think the happiest one for me was knowing that I had helped a family to, you know, totally understand what happened to their loved one and that they're so grateful that they're at peace and that really helps. Do you have one specific story that stands out to you more than any others? Well, um, there was one myself and a now former friend, um, had done for someone that my husband and I knew closely. And she said, I've never had a reading that accurate. And you guys are amazing. So he does readings as well? Uh, Yeah, but we're no longer friends. That other person and I, we're no longer friends. So it doesn't really matter. It's water under the bridge. Do you do readings often for people or just? Yes, I can if they approach me. Yeah, I mean, they can if they approach me for it. Okay. And yes, I do charge for my work. This is not 
you know, freebie, whatever. But I do give back to the community my own free time, my own free will to help those that really need it. You know, cold criminal, missing persons, that kind of thing. Can you give me any piece of information that you're getting off of this conversation or does it have to be in the same space? I think it has to be in the same space. Once in a while, I do get something. Okay. What is it? What is that thing over your, what is that over your shoulder right there? Over here? Yeah. What is the recliner, that? recliner and then I've got a notebook in there. Okay. There's some energy coming from that area. <laughs> oh, I really? I wasn't sure what that was. I wasn't sure if it was like a painting or something, you know, like a piece of artwork or something. I wasn't sure. Okay. Yeah. Just a notebook. I've got a dog in yeah. my lap. <laughs> well, notebooks also carry energy, so that's yeah. a given. Yeah. Cool. Can you can you get a read off what kind of energy is coming from it? Yeah, there's someone that you recently worked with. I don't know who this is, but it's a female energy and you recently worked with them. I think they might've sat in that chair. Mm. Hmm. No, no one sat in that chair, but I did have a conversation mm. with a woman with information in that book before we got. Okay. That would make sense then. So, okay. Close, close, <laughs> close. All right. Tell people where they can keep up with you. They can find your book and get ready for the new copy. Okay, new copy will be coming to Amazon.com, Amazon Kindle, and um, I'm hoping to release it via other sources as well. Um, and they can get a hold of me anywhere on social media. I am all over the place. <laughs> okay. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. Um, oh my gosh, I have so many different social medias. There's plenty I can't out even there. remember all of them. <laughs> does that ever, does, does social media or internet or anything ever mess with your energy? Once in a great, great while, but I don't really let it affect me that much. How do you protect the energy around you? Is there any I art do, to that? Well, it's something I learned from Sylvia Brown, bless her. Thank you, hon. Love you in spirit. And, um... Her books really, really helped me get a handle on my abilities. And it helped me not be afraid anymore. Not only not be afraid anymore, but also it helped me learn how to cope with it. It helped me learn how to shield and how to really work with what I have. Well, and that's a, that's a good topic too. What would you suggest to people that they are starting to notice these things and they're they are a little scared they have no one to talk to about it and they're kind of like they're gonna think i'm loopy you know what yeah, would you, you say know, to them i mean i would say keep working with it and if they have to come to me i'll help them out no big deal and you know i do a lot of teaching and i do a lot of you know advisement on how to work with this and I say look this is how I do it and I do what is known as shields up and uh it's kind of something I've adapted from my Navajo relatives and also from my own spirit work and um 
basically I used to have to put it up piece by piece, which is front, back, side, side, over, under, surround. Mm-hmm. And I used to have to do it that way, but now I can just say shields up and it's up. What and does what that... this does is this puts me in a containment space where nothing can really affect me. Okay. And it works actually quite well. All right. You're froze up on me. Oh, <laughs> basically, you know, I do that and it works really well. And now it's just all I have to do is say shields up and it's up. And is that like a protection? Yes, it's a protection. Uh, it puts me in like a safe bubble of energy, of light energy that basically doesn't allow anything to really get through. And what's another alternative to that? Um, you can do this with any like uh, light energy, no matter the color, you know, depending on what you want to do and or you can do what is known as um, mirror shield. You can put okay. a mirror in front of you, a mirror behind you facing outward, of course, to either side of you, above you, below you, and then other smaller ones, you know, like all the way around you. It's kind of the same concept. But it works with being able to reflect people's own energy back at them. Ah, all right. Lots to learn. If you're interested in learning more, be sure you check out Melissa Bryant, the Outlaw Psychic. Thank you for sharing today. Thank you, honey. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Be sure you're listening and watching at runradio.net.